You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is the CRM Archaeology Podcast. It's the show where we pull back the veil of cultural resources management archaeology and discuss the issues that everyone is concerned about. Welcome to the podcast. And welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 157 for February 13th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Webster. On today's six-year anniversary show, we reflect on six years of public outreach and discuss some upcoming changes. The CRM Archaeology Podcast starts right now. All right, welcome to the sixth anniversary show of the CRM Archaeology Podcast, everyone. Joining me today is... West Coast Bill in California. Howdy. Sonia in Utah. Hello. Doug in Scotland. Hi, guys. Stephen in Calgary. Hello. And East Coast Bill in Maryland. Hi there. All right, guys. Well, this is probably going to be a shorter show. We just want to do a little bit of a retrospective on the last six years. This is the longest running professional podcast in archaeology. Yeah, I know. It's been going for, like I said, six years. I, I did the I did one show before that that talked about CRM archaeology for about a year. That was my first podcast. And then we started this one. And, you know, with Bill chiming in there, I want to just recognize the first people that were on that first episode and then stuck with us for a little while, but we've gone through fluctuations over the years, was Bill White. Um, he was one of the first people I talked to about actually doing this show. Russell Aline Willems uh, was on the show as well. Doug Rocks McQueen, still going after six years. Sarah Head, who ended up spinning off Archaeological Fantasies podcast, and then stepped back from this show as that one started to get bigger, and she really needed to focus on that. And now she's on her own network, and we really really launched that thing into uh, into stardom. She's doing really great with that. Stephen Wagner has been with us for six years. He won't let me quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's Never. right. And, uh, and Ashley Morton was on that first show. And then, of course, myself. So we have struggled sometimes. We have really had fun sometimes. We've had a lot of really great interviews. I think our fourth episode or something, we had Tom King on. And, uh, and he's been on a couple times um, since then. He did a small segment for us. I mean, we've tried to do a lot. You know, we've tried to really make this show a resource for archaeologists and for cultural resource management archaeologists. One of my big goals of doing a show like this was not just to discuss things that are important to the field of CRM archaeology, but to create a back catalog and a resource that people can go to, to, you know, find out something they know. That's why I put tags in the episodes and I, and I try to get the show notes with keywords in them so they're searchable. And we make sure that these are things you can find. Um, if you're listening to this show for the first time, or if you're listening to this show and you're you're a, a brand new listener just in the last few episodes, um, head on over to arcpodnet.com forward slash CRM arc podcast. And over on the right side of the page there, if you're on a desktop device, if you're on mobile, it might be down at the bottom somewhere. There's a search field and just try typing stuff in. Uh, and you can you can usually find just about anything you want to find on cultural resource management archaeology. I don't think there's much we haven't covered uh, on this show and in six years and 100 and 156 episodes prior to this one. So uh, a lot of podcasts only make it a few episodes and to make it even to 100 is amazing. And to make it to 156 podcasting every two years. Quite frankly, with people that have some of the most challenging schedules on the planet, <laughs> trying to coordinate across the world with people that have jobs that are unpredictable, <laughs> it's yeah, no a feat kidding. in and of itself. Yeah, I it know, is. I know. Something to be proud of, Chris. 
<laughs> uh, it really is. I know. Sonia, you're a business owner. And I mean, you're as most small business owners do. You're doing some work this weekend. We haven't heard from you in a few months because, well, you're working. Yeah, you know? I'm so swamped. So it's good. In a good way. I know. Swamped is better than not. I know. I mean, it's just, I got to get reports done. It's the winter. Uh, so I'm writing yeah. and writing and writing and writing and writing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, and at the very least, two uh, two PhDs have been gained while um, while doing this show. Doug, yours was first. <laughs> Doug is still over in Scotland. I remember, uh, Doug, you had some some issues, probably having to possibly having to leave Scotland, but now you're still in Scotland and you're still you're still killing it over there. Um, how's the last uh, How's the last six years been for you, man? Yeah, yeah. I'm about to get a uh, permanent leave to remain. You know, uh, knock on wood. Come sometime in august so nice. after that it'll be a lot harder for them to kick me out <laughs> yeah it, it's a, it, 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 it's it's been it's always touch and go because you have to you can either do like a five-year wait or a 10-year i didn't qualify for the five so you know trying to be able to stay in a country that really hates uh people who are different um and not from there uh is, is always tough yeah but yeah it's, it's still working it out is. it is Nice, nice. And Bill, you've gone through quite a bit during the last six years of this show from, you know, yeah. I mean, just working where you were and, and, and doing what you were doing and children and uh, and then university and now you're a professor. Yeah, no joke. It's kind of crazy, that whole path. My daughter wasn't even born when we started doing this. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, now she's going to be six in um, 11 days. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also going from the field, doing CRM. I mean, I remember us having a call one night in the – it was raining actually in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So it must have been the wintertime. And uh, we talked about – we met each other through a uh, blog and talked about being on the podcast. And I talked for a long time and we had like the same uh, conundrums of uh, being in the maelstrom of the Great Recession and getting laid off and how the companies were all just you know scrambling to keep themselves – alive and closing ranks and a whole bunch of different stuff. And and I remember us deciding, you know what, we should really start a podcast and start talking about this stuff. And you already had one episode by that time. And then it was all reframed and um, turned into the podcast that we've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. It's been, uh, it's been something six years. Um, Steven, you, you left the country. So, you know, yes, <laughs> northward to freedom. Northward. <laughs> You got over before we put a wall up. <laughs> yes, well, it's it's well for the northern Ouch. border. The the joke is it's going to be like a privacy hedge. So privacy hedge. <laughs> I like you can it. See through it, right? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Nice, nice. And you took Ruckus with you. Ruckus has been like uh, we, he really should be on our logo. I think. Yes. Well, there was, there was a brief period where he was listed as one of the hosts. So um, I don't know if you uh, pulled that or if, if he's still I, up there. I, I may have pulled that. I'm not really sure. We've retooled a few times. But, you know, Ruckus really should be on there because he's such a such a huge part of the show at this point. He has a lot to say. He really does. He really does. East Coast Bill. So you just joined us a few months ago. And uh, I'm curious because I don't know if I asked you this before, but do you remember when you started listening to the Sierra Mark podcast? Like how long ago? It was probably about six years ago, but it was probably during the the summer. Um, Okay. You'd already had a few episodes in the the podcast. By that time, I was beginning to do a lot of um, sort of telecommunications based uh, archaeology uh, in Central and Eastern 
Pennsylvania and I live in Maryland. So mm -hmm. it would frequently be three, four, five hour drives each way. And these would be day trips. Uh, and so I was starving for content. And so I'm desperately <laughs> looking for anything archaeology related uh, while out there. And I stumble upon the podcast and it becomes a huge fan from there. Then the APN gets launched a, a little while later and I become a member of the APN. And I had the fortunate yep. uh, fortune of uh, being interviewed uh, on the CRM Archaeology podcast back at the 2017 uh, SAAs in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, which was sort of my first sort of voice, if you know, if you want to do the deep dive of when I first appear on the podcast, <laughs> um, then did another interview a year, uh, you know, a few times later with, with Stephen uh, hosting. Mm -hmm. And then uh, finally, uh, late last year, in the fall last year, I finally come on as a, a co-host. I sort of made full circle from person desperately seeking content to content producer. It's the, the full gambit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, that's what I like to hear. And, you know, I'll say this probably again at the end, but that's that is one thing that keeps a podcast like this fresh is is really bringing in new perspectives. East Coast Bill was familiar with our format and then, um, you know, came in, was easily, easily able to really just kind of slot right in, especially as a professional, having done this for a long time at, at all phases of, of the of the game and uh, and can really comment um, intelligently on some of this stuff. So. You know, if you're interested in coming on and becoming a uh, another co-host, um, we could we could always use somebody to come in. You don't have to be here every week, as you hear on the on the show. Sometimes it's just me and one other person, and uh, and that's okay. But we do like to have those fresh perspectives and bring you into the system. And especially, Sony was mentioning this at the beginning, and, and I think I've mentioned this before. We want to get some some more really field diversity on here. Uh, some more field techs, some more women. Yeah, um, yeah get these perspectives Please. because. <laughs> so he's feeling lonely. I'm feeling lonely. <laughs> We've almost always had at least one woman. And for a long time, we had two with Ashley and Sarah, uh, which is great because you need when we're talking about these topics, especially, you know, in topics in CRM archaeology. I mean, it helps to have as many perspectives as possible, I think, which is why this needed to be a panel style show with people of different backgrounds, different living locations, different, uh, you know, different work experience. I would agree with that most definitely. Yeah, so that's uh, if if you're interested, Chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or just go to the website. There's contact info all over there, arcpodnet.com. And like I said, you're not really committing to a whole lot. You're committing to come on uh, occasionally. I mean, more is better, but coming on occasionally and uh, and helping us discuss and work through these topics for the field. So I wish uh, I should go back and listen to that very first episode and see what the heck we even talked about. But I, I will mention in the last uh, over on the website, if you go over to the menu on the top screen or hit the little three line hamburger icon, and you go to the archive. Each one of the episodes, each one of the shows that we have in the APN, just because of the way the website host that I use works, um, we have what's called the past 30. So we'll show you the past 30 episodes of that show. So for these purposes, I can basically see the last year uh, of the CRM Archaeology podcast. And we started out 2018 with a show titled The Minnesota Shippo and CRM Unions and going paperless, uh, field schools. We went into um, a couple of really different episodes that this is what East Coast Bill was alluding to, the uh, Roll the Dice on Archaeology one and and uh, and a couple others like that. Um, we have an episode just called Adulting from May 9th, 2018. That's awesome. 
really all kinds of stuff. The drive time dilemma. I mean, where else can you find episodes like this? I feel like I'm doing an infomercial for, you know, get the six CD box set of the Serial Markology podcast. Where else can you I, find? Actually, I, I feel like you're going to, I feel like you're going to ask for uh, money so we can send you a tote bag. <laughs> tote bag. I have tote bags. If you send me money, I will actually send you a tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, the company we have for swag, T Public, they sent me a bunch of stuff like uh, back when I first signed up with them, and I've just been kind of holding on to it. And I bring it to conferences when I go, so the next time people will see the CRM Arc tote bag, it's not it's not it's actually the Archaeology Podcast Network tote bag. You'll see it at the Society for California Archaeology meetings here in uh, early March of 2019. So, hey, I want to get you guys' opinions, and feel free to just jump in. I've had struggles, I would say, with with really promoting podcasting as a tool for public outreach in archaeology and, and not, not really a struggle to the people like you guys that listen and, and are fans of this show, you guys that are listening now, but a struggle to the other big agencies and and CRM firms and, and, and other places like that, the things we know, like the SAAs and the SHAs and, uh, and, you know, bigger CRM firms. I've talked to them about supporting the podcast network or doing their own show or coming on and doing things and really kind of getting resistance from it. And I'm, I'm curious, it's not resistance from a, we don't know what the heck you're talking about standpoint. They know what podcasting is, but I'm not sure they see podcasting really as solid public outreach. I don't know. Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I absolutely agree because my workshop at the SHA this last time was about uh, blogging and podcasting. And I've given a talk before uh, at UC Santa Cruz about blogging and podcasting, actually trying to spin that into something bigger. Um, I know mm-hmm. that the last SHA was an, another snowpocalypse or whatever, and also it was in um, you know a sub suburb of uh, St. <laughs> yeah St. Louis, so it was yeah. pretty low <laughs> attended, right? But right. I canceled it because there was only three people, and I didn't feel like it was worth it for folks to come a day early to uh, you know go to the the workshop if they if there was only three people, because the way that it was structured, we were going to kind of create some kind of, you know, I was going to explain the the basics of how it works, but there's, you know, hours and hours of videos that show you how to set up a, a website or how to start your own blog and stuff. So I felt like, you know, some of that stuff might be, you know, you can find excellent information that's a click by click, you know, way to set up your website. It didn't, I didn't set my website up in three hours. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I knew that was going to take time, but the motivation was to get a group of individuals who are interested in this so that they were going to start their own blog or their own, um, podcast and that they were going to try to move forward and that everybody working together, you know, throughout the year or going forward into the future, it would create kind of a community and, you know, the hope was that we would get more individuals who are going to keep going with uh, doing this kind of work um, in the future. But it, I don't know. It wasn't very well attended. Uh, there were several other workshops that were canceled. It wasn't just, you know, and I don't know if other people had no attendees. I mean, I don't know if three is good for a conference that only has half of the normal attendance or what. But I know that um, in discussions about this with students and other professors and even, you know, people who uh, run companies, they kind of, they just don't really understand how this could help them. I mean, it's kind of odd because, you know, some concepts like they understand that the internet exists and that there's data on it (laughs) and that, you know, that's good for archaeology and stuff. And they understand that they're also creating data because they're archaeologists 
and that that's good for historic preservation. But, you know, the idea of mixing the two, the internet with knowledge creation or data, that's where a lot of times mm -hmm. it all breaks down. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought that one of the, the sort of stumbling blocks has been uh, with podcasting. I mean, obviously, we're all fans of podcasting because we're here. Um, but it, it's it's always seen as podcasting is some sort of separate beast, uh, separate entity, um, where it's basically it's audio documentary. It's no different than short film. If you're doing a radio broadcast, it's it's just another sort of media outlet. Uh, another thing I, I, I tend to see resistance on with folks is, is this sort of the commitment idea of like, well, you know, why would we want to go for a long-term thing instead of going, a podcast can be a single episode. Say you have a project and you want to do a special, a one-hour, two-hour special, just focus on your project. That's it. That's all you ever have to produce. You could go long mm -hmm. format if you want, um, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a short series of only four episodes. It could be years long. It could be a single episode. And I don't know if we've, if that's penetrated uh, the outer market enough to know that podcasting isn't just about long-term series. Uh, it's just another, it's just audio transferred through the internet, no different than radio, except that's a lot, uh, you know, the thresholds to get into it are a lot easier uh, than some of the other uh, media outlets are. Um, so, I'm, I mean, right here, we're all preaching to the choir with this crowd and most likely with our <laughs> listeners um, because they listen to podcasts so they understand the uh, the value of it as well. It's, it's the challenges to those who don't, you know, it's kind of like trying to explain the benefits of Twitter to someone who doesn't use Twitter. Um, yeah. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing. It's like to your known audience, you get it, uh, but to everyone else, it's like. Uh, also, it could be the um, the medium as well. Like we, a lot of people don't don't like doing public presentations, and this is not like mm -hmm. a medium like a website or a blog, where essentially you can. I mean. And, you know, most archaeologists have gone through university or at least high school and stuff where you've been trained to write and you're comfortable and familiar with it. But it's amazing how many people really dislike speaking in public. I mean, because what we're essentially mm -hmm. doing is public speaking without a crowd. And, yeah, it's, it's amazing how many people really, really dislike that. Um, yeah. And also, you know, a lot of people dislike hearing themselves as well. Like your voice in your head is not the voice that everyone else hears. <laughs> um, like, cause you guys have, have gone back and listened to our podcast, right? Yeah. I listen to every episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I never listen to the ones I'm on just yeah, <laughs> generally. Cause like, yeah, me I, either. <laughs> I imagine you really dislike. So I personally dislike the sound of my voice. It doesn't sound like what it sounds like in my head. Um, and that's a that's a huge barrier for people because uh, you know I do that whole recording conferences and presentations, yeah. and I would say like at least half the people I record never look at their own and just say yes because they really absolutely hate looking at themselves or hearing themselves speak. So like in terms of talking to a medium, it's not something that people are trained in how to do sort of talks and you know mm -hmm. even if you're just taking like a normal conference presentation most people are terrified of that and really hate public speaking or even even if it's only like two people in the room still absolutely <laughs> hate it so you're, yeah. you're talking about a completely different medium that's not as easy for people to want to engage like people are very happy to consume it 
but like actually producing it, it's not something people mm-hmm. are familiar with or necessarily would like to do. Yeah, good point. Um, well, let's take a first break and then we will come back and uh, and expand on this a little bit and talk about some future possibilities, uh, especially with uh, the last half of the conference season coming up here in 2019. So we'll be right back for this uh, on this sixth anniversary episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Hey, everybody, Chris Webster jumping in here for our only ad break of the show. And it's not really an ad break. It's a it's a break for advertising our advertising, if that makes any sense to you whatsoever. Check out arcpodnet.com forward slash ads. Um, as I mentioned at the end of this show, which you'll hear in about 25 minutes, we don't really have any sponsors or underwriters or anything for the APN or for this show. We have one, which is Wild Note. They're helping us out with some things, but um, it costs money to do things. And we want to do some more stuff with this podcast. And uh, as we're talking about here in the next segment, we're going to be talking about public outreach and live podcasting and things like that. And it would be nice to get some of our hosts to these events and be able to do stuff like that. So if you currently run a company or work for a big company that does marketing and outreach and and has an advertising budget, then please consider advertising on the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Again, arcpodnet.com forward slash ads. It's only $150 for a 30-second ad that we will create for you. You don't. You just have to give us the bullet points. Uh, it's $1,000 a month to underwrite the entire Archaeology Podcast Network, which gets your message in front of 135,000-plus ears. And uh, and if you do it for a full year, I'll knock ten months, uh, two months off the price. And that's a little over 1.2 million listens to your message. So, But beyond that, it's really supporting archaeology, supporting education and public outreach, and supporting our efforts over here. So uh, please contact me, Chris, at Archaeology Podcast Network, or go right over to arcpodnet.com forward slash ads. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. And now back to the show. All right. Welcome back to episode 157 of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. And... You know, I want to talk about now, uh, still relating to podcasting, what you guys' thoughts are on really thinking about really thinking about our profession from a 2019 perspective. I mean, uh, you know, Bill White, you're uh, you're a professor at Berkeley now. Everybody on this show has got some sort of advanced degree, so you've been through a graduate program. Uh, I'm wondering about. Uh, well, let me back up for a second. So years ago, maybe four or five years ago, and this conversation is probably still happening, but I don't think I'm as plugged into it as I used to be. Uh, and maybe Stephen Wagner, I think you might be, but people were talking about getting uh, PhD students and and professors and, and associate professors talking about having their blogs be kind of counted towards tenure, right? Be, be having their blogs yeah. be counted as, yeah, as this like professional thing that you're outputting, even though it's not peer reviewed and it's not published per se. But it's something like that. Well, what about podcasting as professional education? Um, I mean, Bill White, you yeah. this might be a factor for you. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because it, you know, my activity, my blogging and podcasting does in some ways count for tenure. But what they're really looking for is scholarly production, and uh, I don't think Cal necessarily is keeping a tally on how much money. But I know a lot, a lot of other universities, it's how much money and grant money you're bringing in and stuff too. But uh, you know. My main measurements are uh, if the students hate me or not, and if I write books and uh, journal articles. Those are the two main requirements, at least at Cal. And there's there's definitely some service stuff, but because the archaeology that I do is community-based, that all counts. So in that service stuff, also, all this blogging and podcasting counts, too. So uh, my department head is fully aware that I've been on the 
on this podcast and that I've been writing blog posts and other things and that they're getting hits and sometimes, you know, reaching audiences and, and going pretty far. Um, so she's aware of all that stuff and I'm supposed to keep track of it all. I mean, it's kind of hard to keep track of it, but you know, I have metrics on my website now that's just going to count for a piece of my tenure, but really the research and, and, uh, teaching, those are kind of the, you know, biggies that they're looking mm-hmm. at. So to say that, I mean, the, the thing that I've always thought about, um, blogging and podcasting is it actually helps you when you're in the job search, um, especially if you're going to do, you know, some kind of a teaching or something like that, because it gets your name out in a way that you're never going to get your name out. If you just write journal articles, the journal article I wrote for uh, historical archeology span only has like a few hundred downloads, but you know, this podcast is going to get, you know, multiple thousands in the next, you know, 30 days or whatever. So write an article, two years, 300 people, and probably, 40 to 50 of those folks were forced through some kind of class to read your article. Mm -hmm. And then after five or six years, it'll die off and nobody will download it anymore or even read it because it's already old hat, right? They're just going to look for the citation versus something like this that people will continue interacting with. I think that that's really the biggest benefit. Uh, As far as the university system that blogging and podcasting replacing journal articles, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And I'm pretty sure that we're not going to be able to turn our blogs and podcasts into our teaching obligations. But as far as service, I can see how that would, that could end up being kind of a more important thing. It's not just, you know, did you go give talks at whatever community center? It's, did you also write and publish online and did you participate in blogs Mm -hmm. and how many thousands of people listen to you? It would be interesting to see because you you mentioned that this stuff will never take place of journal articles and, and things like that. And the primary reason is those journals are peer reviewed. And that is like the, the massive currency of education, right? And academia is peer review and, and having, having these things looked at and making sure it's, uh, it's, uh, it's solid. So that's, that's why we have that. But there's no reason we couldn't have like let's say a let's say an audio journal. It might be an easier format for people, but we call it an audio podcast journal or a podcast audio journal, something like that. And the podcasts are peer reviewed. There's no reason they couldn't be. You record them ahead of time. People listen. You edit. You go back and re-record, and you leave these things out. It might be uh, it might be actually easier than doing a journal because you don't have layout and things like that to worry about. But it. Uh, it's, there's no reason why podcasting can't become that, you know, can't can't become that sort of medium. Maybe I'm thinking way too far in the future. I don't well, know. For, for something like that, I, th- I think that uh, we, we have to um, come up with some sort of like annotation scheme. Uh, yeah. It, it, I guess sound, am I right in thinking that SoundCloud has something like that where uh, you can actually put things at certain um, time markers and, and have it, uh, yeah. you know, like yeah, I think pop-ups so. and stuff like that. And and. I think that's the biggest detriment for us to be like academic um, is that, you know, mm-hmm. we, we typically talk about stuff and, and, you know, our opinions are informed, but they're still kind of opinions. And a lot of times it's, it's like gross speculation because we're all like, well, I'm pretty sure it's this. Uh, we should check <laughs> on that after the recording and we'll leave it in the show notes. Um, and, and so having like a pop-up, you know, uh, that, that could, link to where we're getting these ideas and, 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 you know, sources and, and, you know, appropriately attribute, um, what we're saying. Uh, it, I, I think that that would be one of the big hurdles, right? 
So you don't, you'd almost have to think about it in a, in a completely different way though, because you're right. You need sources. You, you still need to cite your sources, but, and in a, in a journal, in a paper, they're cited either in line or with a, with a footnote, right? So there's no reason you can't sort of do the audio version of that. And you can just, cause we have show notes. Um, we have show notes that we have. So, and I'm not saying this podcast in any way, shape or form would be that sort of podcast that I'm talking about, because you're right. This Thanks. podcast is about opinions, <laughs> right? This podcast is about discussing the field and, and our opinions and experiences and, and how things are going. Well, this podcast would never be a peer reviewed podcast. It's more of an editorial. So, um, but if you had that sort of just as a concept, that sort of podcast, there's no reason you couldn't say during the course of the interview or discussion, um, you know, I'm referencing citation number five you know, or something like that. And they can go to the show notes and see that citation and then click on it and go to whatever you're referencing. There's no reason for that, that that couldn't exist at all. Plus there's transcription. A lot of podcasts are transcribed. We're not doing that because it's expensive. We don't have the money for it, but we will. As soon as we have the money for it, it's definitely on my roadmap to have all of our podcasts transcribed, which isn't quite the same as a journal article, but you could have advanced transcription where you're basically taking the show and turning it into essentially an article with footnotes in line. There's no reason that couldn't be done. It's just about money and time. That's all it is. So anyway, uh, this is going to be a shorter show. So I want to move on from this topic, but think about it. Think about the future. It's 2019. Think about some different ways that we can do this. And let's also think about the reasons why we're doing this, right? We're doing this podcast and we do podcasts and we do journal articles and we do all those things because we're trying to tell people about something that we're doing and we're trying to get feedback on it. I mean, that's really it. You know, re research-based journal articles are a little different. You're really reporting on something you did. But the the whole idea is to get feedback on this. And and Bill White, I hope that some point in the future, in the, in the not-too-distant future, that this sort of public outreach is weighed more heavily on a professor's time. Because I think professors in general at the university system, your influence on the future scientists of the world alone is massive. I mean, I mean, people always talk about their professors in college and how much of an influence they had on them. And then not only that, but your influence on the rest of the planet as well through your ideas and your opinions. It's one thing to continue doing research. And I know that's how universities stay alive is they say, we did this much research, blah, blah, blah. But that's not, that's not really that important to the public anymore. It's that outreach, you know? Yeah. And I, I do feel like the, you know, the public outreach aspect of um, podcasting is probably the strongest thing when it yeah. comes to archaeology because, uh, you know, especially this podcast, if there were things going down and, and we were contacted by communities and they did need historic properties saved, giving them a, a platform to talk and uh, discuss the way things are going or preservation in their area, I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that we could possibly yeah. do. Well. I, I just want to, as we transition to another topic here, I wanted to uh, ask everyone, because we do it at the end of the show notes, but I know a lot of people skip show notes, myself included, uh, at the end of the podcast, but or the outro, I should say. And uh, But share this share this podcast. If you, if we're, I mean, don't share all of them. Uh, I wouldn't ask you to do that because, you know, it's your own integrity. If you, if you like what we're talking about and you, you want other people to hear it, just tap that share button on your, on your phone right there and share it to your favorite social media group, your, your own personal page, you know, tweet it out, something like that, because we want more people to hear these things and we want more people to, um, you know, to basically just get the word out about archaeology and, and our profession. And we, we've turned a few people on. I, I 
I always assume, just like in archaeology, if I find a really awesome uh, thing or site or something like that, you got to assume that there's, you know, at least 90% others that you haven't found <laughs> just because of our survey sampling methods. So I always assume when we get an email that somebody says, hey, you know, I was out of archaeology for 10 years and I got back into it because of your podcast. We've heard that probably three or four times that I can remember over the course of doing this show, which tells me that there's probably a, a bunch of others that have gotten back into archaeology or maybe reignited their fire for archaeology or, you know, something because of this show. And we love to hear those stories and uh, we won't put them on the air, but but send them to us and, and let us know. Maybe we'll relate your story on the air and, and take out your name and things like that if you want. But that would be awesome to hear. So share the podcast, share your stories with us and, and let's keep it going. So as far as the future of this podcast goes, uh, I've been, you know, I, I run the Archaeology Podcast Network and I and I also run four three other shows in addition to this one and now a radio show that I do once a week. And radio shows are crazy because you can't put that off. Like, like they expect you to be there. <laughs> they expect you. You can't just phone it in. You, you have to go there to the studio and do a show every Friday at noon. And that is I thought, well, I podcast, so I figured this will be easy, but it's really not. Um, so that's that's taking up some serious amount of time for planning and things like that. But I think it's a great second avenue for us to do some public outreach. So let's talk about some some other ways we can do this and some things I'd really love to see at conferences coming up. Because you guys, uh, you know, we always, the, the big conferences, there's always at least one or two of us there um, b because they're the big conferences and then people go. And then the small regional ones, so a few of us might be at those as well. Um, but I think we should really start doing some more live podcasting. And the live podcasting I've seen done in the past is basically the hosts. They might have an interview or a couple interviews, but they basically get up onto a stage or in front of people in some way, depending on the venue, and they do it. Now, we did it at the, uh, was it, uh, Bill, was that at the uh, East Coast? East Coast, Bill, was that at the uh, SAAs in Vancouver? SA Vancouver, we, the panel, the, the yeah, Thursday night thing. <laughs> the Thursday night thing that I think you and like two other people showed up for, and one of them was my wife. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, that that kind of thing, though, and doing it in that venue, I don't really like that. Um, it wasn't well attended because people are there and there's 40 concurrent sessions going on. And why are they going to choose a podcast? They can just they know it's going to get recorded when they could go to something else that they're probably not going to see anywhere else. So that makes sense. But taking over some of these evening events and uh, and, and renting out a venue or, or, you know, trying to do something and saying, hey, come come listen to a live taping and be part of uh, a taping of the Sierra Archaeology podcast. And we'll see from there. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, if Comic-Con can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's kind of the model that I'm talking about. You know, I've been to Dragon Con one time when I was in Georgia and I went there because of the skeptic track, the astronomy podcast I listened to was there and a bunch of other things. So, and, and almost all of them did like this live, uh, this live podcast where basically they were just up. There was an audience. Sometimes they take questions from the audience. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's just doing a show like this. You're just doing it in front of people. And that goes back to Doug's uh, comments about people's insecurity about doing stuff like that in front of people. Um, you know, the weird thing about podcasting, I don't know if you guys are, are like this, but like I love podcasting in this studio that I'm in now because nobody can hear me. I know like 5,000 people in the first week or so of this podcast coming out, we'll hear this, hear this, but that gives me less anxiety than if there were like an audience of people watching me. <laughs> I don't really know why. Even, even when I record at home, I'm like, you know, don't want my wife to hear me, even though, you know, she could hear the yeah. show. It's just really strange. I have, I have but, the opposite problem. Um, I don't want you to hear my I family. feel the yeah. same way. You're not alone. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Bill, That's we can awesome. always hear your family. <laughs> But this lovely voices, young voices, well, what, I mean, and that's what we want we coming video, up in this industry, right? Doing, young voices. When the podcast is going on, you know, getting prepared, and then uh, it's gone from changing diapers to right. somehow rodeo clowning your kids from <laughs> fighting with each other in the background. <laughs> nice. That's what my dogs like to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to cut this podcast short. Uh, we're not going to do a third segment today just because, you know, we're talking about ourselves and I'd rather give you guys some solid content coming up next time. But uh, we are actively and, and Bill White has said he's going to take this on. He's going to um, uh, he's going to start kind of producing for us a little bit, managing our topics. So feel free to go to the podcast page and and look up all our Twitter handles and email addresses and uh, and send us topic ideas. If you see us on social media, you know, we're all over social media. Most of us are. Uh, send us topic ideas, interview ideas, things you were having a conversation with in the truck on the way out to a site. Um, you know, things you're talking about on on break while you're sitting down in the uh, in the swamp or the desert or whatever. And you're like, hey, we had a conversation about this. What do you guys think about that? So send us those topic ideas. Um, just real quick, I'll go down the line in the order that I have them on the screen here and ask you guys, just give me in 30 seconds, what is your, what, if, if we could do anything we wanted, where would you like to see something like this podcast go in the future, whether it's topics or interviews or whatever, we'll start with uh, West coast bill. Well, that's a, that's a pretty big question. I, I'd <laughs> like, I'd like more people from the field to contact us with questions or come on the show and, and talk about what's going on in the field, right? Because this is a huge country and there's a lot of stuff going on. So I'd love to know what's going on in other parts of the country um, when it comes to historic preservation or what other folks are facing mm -hmm. in their state or in their community with uh, doing cultural resources. Excellent. Sonia? I, I agree with Bill. I'd like to see more of our... Um, of our field technicians and crew chiefs coming on board with us, talking with us, if they're willing to come on as a, as a speaker or a guest host, by all means. I think it's important to hear the perspectives from the people who we are trying to help. And uh, instead of just, you know, all of us m more senior level people getting on. Yeah. I'd also, I mean, just because it's my interest as well, um, I'd also like to, to teach more uh, and talk more about the business aspect. If 80% of our, of our uh, young archaeologists graduating from college are going into CRM, they need to understand business. Indeed. West Coast Bill. Uh, sorry, East Coast Bill. I can't get the coast right. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, I'd love to, uh, you know, we and we want, you know, people to come to us and you know to reach reach out to us and stuff like that. But I think I think I would like to do more is is go out and try to reach people, whether that's doing you know uh, more interviews at at conferences or even eventually maybe doing interviews in the field, like actually going trendside with a hand hand recorder, recording a small little talk or something. Nice. In fact, I'm I'm going to try to like you know practice what I preach. Um, the upcoming Mid Atlantic Archaeology Conference in uh, March, March 21st to 24th, in Ocean City, Maryland. I do plan on bringing audio equipment to uh, to talk to CRM archaeology professionals so that your voice can be heard uh, here as well. Hey, that's that's a great thing to bring up, too, because um, I'm always willing to take submitted audio like that from a conference and really kind of crowdsourcing these conference interviews. Honestly, if you want to try even just recording onto your phone, open up the Voice Notes app. If you're on iPhone, I'm sure Google has similar things. 
and just hit record. And and if it doesn't sound good, we won't use it, quite frankly. But if it, you know, unlikely. So if it's if it's audible and I can clean it up a little bit, then we will absolutely use it. So if you if you want to interview somebody at a conference or or on your site or something like that, absolutely do that. And especially for you guys that are that are co-hosts here, um, crowdsourcing this kind of thing and and getting these things recorded, that's perfect, Bill. So I hope to I hope to have some audio from that conference on one of the next shows. Yeah, hopefully. This will be my first live recording, so wish me luck. Sweet. Outstanding. Outstanding. And look him up if you're going to that conference and uh, and get an interview with him or, you know, he can, he can sign your uh, sign your Right in the Rain notebook. Autograph it. Yes. Big, big <laughs> um, I forget what I was going to say anyway. <laughs> but at RQ nice. Thoughts on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Stephen. What are your what are your what's your grand design for the podcast? Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I, I think uh, so, something I'd like to see is a lot more um, speculative future type stuff where we talk about mm-hmm. um, the the issues in in the current streamlined process that we do and you know talk to people who are trying to change that and uh, you know maybe you know explore different options of like. You know, is, is the way we're doing it the best way? Are, th- are there better possibilities? Um, you know, how, how, how is this going to be in 20 years? Nice. Okay. I love it. Doug, what about you? Uh, just picking up a little past Stephen's thing and thinking um, and everyone else's and to go a little more international. So, mm-hmm. you know, CRMs practice different ways in different countries around the world. Um, I'm right now involved in a project trying to make instructional stuff for multiple countries. Um, and it's quite fascinating finding out how people do archaeology in different countries. So um, in some countries, you know, there's not really prescriptive. It's, you know, do the best archaeology. But like somewhere in the Netherlands, they have a 200-page booklet that tells you exactly how you're going to do your archaeology. And that's how you do it. Um, mm-hmm. So it'd be really interesting if we were to expand a little bit and, you know, bring on people from different countries and sort of see uh, what Stephen's thing about talking about, you know, is this the best way? Um, I think it'd be really interesting if we brought in other people who maybe do it slightly different or very, very differently. Yeah. And I think that'd be some interesting conversations. No, that's that's awesome because uh, that, that brings up something I have been thinking about for a long time, which is really kind of making the CRM archaeology podcast more of a uh, more of a series where you've got CRM archaeology United States, CRM archaeology Canada, CRM archaeology you know Britain, CRM archaeology Netherlands, you know something like that. But have those shows hosted? You're right, Doug. Bringing on different perspectives onto this show, absolutely. Um, but also, I would love to have podcasts on the Archaeology Podcast Network that are in the languages of the countries that um, that they're taking place in, and and have those shows on the on the network. So if anybody's out there happens to be listening to this, and you do archaeology in another country, and maybe you would be a good host for that show. Um, I will teach you all you need to know about hosting, and you can use our recording software. I'll be honest; if it's not in English, you'll have to edit the show, <laughs> so um, or find somebody to edit the show. But I'll be more than happy to host it and and post it and promote it with all our resources and get it on the Archaeology Podcast Network. I, I think we need more Spanish language shows for sure, because so many people in this country, in this world, actually are Spanish speaking. Um, it'd be not, not a lot awesome to have something from the uh, from the Asian side of things, you know, have something in uh, I don't even know what language we would put it in, but having something over there. 
and then, you know, other countries. So I know Australia has a pretty robust CRM program and uh, and moving on from there. So if you're listening to this or you know somebody that might be a good host and 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 could could stick to something like this, definitely put them in touch with us and we'll we'll have that conversation. Like I said, we'll get you started and then we'll host the whole platform for you. You'll have to do some editing on your own, but I'll show you how to do that. I have the software for that and uh, and we can get that done. So. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank you guys all for joining me. Uh, it's rare that we get every single host of the podcast on this episode, but of all episodes, our sixth anniversary episode, I'm happy that you all could join us and uh, and and keep sticking it out. Special thanks to um, to Bill, Doug, and Stephen for sticking it out for six years. I hope Sonia and uh, and East Coast Bill make it six years. Sonia, you're at at least two years now. I don't know when you started. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years, maybe 2017. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like 16, that. Sixteen, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a little while now. So um, yeah, yeah, and, and that's great. And like I said, we're we're always looking for fresh ideas. Um, you know, fresh people to come into the show. As you can tell, the the hosts have rotated around, and some have gone on, and some have moved, started their own podcasts, and and uh, uh, some have uh, some have just decided to do other things, which is, which is okay. And even somebody who's a very busy business owner like Sonia can still be an occasional host of this show when she's not slammed with work. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't need the full-time commitment and and (laughs) full-time commitment really only means 26 days out of a 365 day year. So that's not too bad for. And it's not even a full day. It's like, you know, a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, again, thank you everybody. And, and one last pitch here, please share this show. Uh, we like other people to hear it. Uh, honestly, we don't get anything from sharing it other than more listeners, which just helps the field. Um, there's no monetizing from sharing this, th- th- nothing like that. I mean, obviously we get more listeners, but we don't really have any advertising or anything right now. So it, people think, oh, you're just doing this to make more money. Yeah, I wish, you know, I wish, I wish I could say that this was what I do for a living um, is do this podcast, <laughs> but that's sadly not true. So um, we really just want to get the word out and to have more people listen to this show. We do this as completely on a volunteer basis. It actually costs quite a bit of money to do this, which we don't make up. So again, not not the issue. Just share the show out. If you agree with what we're saying, if you don't agree with what we're saying, start the conversation. And then uh, especially if you don't agree, come on and come on and tell us all about it. Yeah. Come tell me because I'd really <laughs> like to know. That's like, right. How can, I, how, can, how can I help teach better if I don't know if I'm doing something wrong? So Exactly. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you. And uh, we will wrap this up and tune in next time for another great episode of the Serum Archaeology Podcast. That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archpodnet.com slash podcast. Please comment and share anywhere you see the show. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or just email chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Support the show and the network at archpodnet.com slash members. Get some swag and extra content while you're there. Send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this week and for the last six years. Thanks also to the listeners for tuning in, and we will see you in the field. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Did I? There's nothing on Doug's line, but I heard a weird goodbye.
Goodbye. <laughs> I know it was my son. Doug still hasn't said anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, there's no, there's no countdown. There's nothing. No, no, I already said goodbye. Did oh, you? you? Did? Yeah, yeah. It's about like oh. ten seconds back. You guys can see it right there. <laughs> oh, it's itty bitty. <laughs> my God. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US dollars a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info.